2: Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply.
1: It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy.
3: This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And kind of like we had earlier in the season, somewhat of a special edition, because Brendan and I are watching Game 3 of the Cubs and Diamondbacks as we speak. As uh, I am saying this, Steve Ciszek has a 2-2 two, two count with two outs in the top of the eighth inning. So you're going to go into your MLB database and watch along with us and, and you know, see our instant reactions, you can do that. Uh, I don't expect anybody to, but that's where we are. (laughs) Javi Baez throws to Rizzo to end the inning, and the Cubs will come up in the bottom of the ace. So we will talk about Game 3 of the series, I suppose a little bit as this podcast is happening live, but we'll go through that game uh, and Tyler Chatwood's gem of an outing, a a real thing that happened today, uh, probably later in the podcast once this game is over. Before that, we will break down the first two games of this Cubs and Diamondback series, which the two teams split. We will talk about a brilliant vintage, if you will, outing from Kyle Hendricks on Friday and another, you know, kind of in the line of you, Darvish, starts on Saturday. We will break those two games down. And we also have a good bit of off the field roster news for you. Brandon Morrow's rehab shut down. So that is certainly not good news. We will talk about that situation with Brandon Morrow and and the possible ramifications of him being shut down and an uncertain future, and your boy, John Lester throwing a sim game on Saturday. He is expected to return this week to the Cubs rotation, so we will talk about that as well. But let me run through these first two games of the series rather quickly uh, because I think there's some pretty clear, bigger, broader topics than uh, just running through these games uh, and recapping them. But, but let me do that. Just, uh, we, we do like to do that just so everybody kind of has a, a lay of the land of what we're talking about. And then we don't have to kind of repeat these stat lines throughout the show. But like I said, it was a vintage Kyle Hendricks performance. One of those performances from Hendricks, where if you guys follow the Pitching Ninja on Twitter, which you should, it's excellent baseball content. One of those days where Hendricks shows up on his timeline a lot. And that means it was yep. good stuff from Kyle Hendricks. And he was filthy in this one, Brendan. Seven innings pitch, three hits, no runs, two walks, and 11 strikeouts for the professor Kyle Hendricks. He had that two-seamer working. He had the changeup working. He had the curveball working. This was brilliant, brilliant stuff from Kyle Hendricks he picks up his first win of the season lowers his season ERA to 3.54 the Cubs getting their runs in this one taking an early lead on a Chris Bryant double uh it was a pop-up but the wind at Wrigley Field as uh, most of you guys know can sometimes be a factor and it was very friendly to the home team they you know what Brendan they should call it the friendly confines uh I, I don't know if they've ever <laughs> considered that but it kind of makes sense In the fourth, Anthony Rizzo with a triple to make it three to nothing. Chicago Cubs. In the sixth, they get another run on a wild pitch and a Wilson Contreras single. The Diamondbacks would add one in the ninth, but that would be all she wrote in this one. Cubs winning five to one on Saturday it was a 6 to nothing Diamondbacks win the Diamondbacks getting two runs in the first on back to back homers off of Yu Darvish he would give up another run in the second but otherwise would settle down so kind of a up and down start for him. He ultimately goes five innings, throw, gives up five hits, three earned runs, three walks, and seven strikeouts. Like I said, after those first two home runs, he does give up a run in the second, but for the most part was pretty settled down. Uh, after that, but we will, you know, discuss our thoughts on that. There are no Cubs runs in the game. I assume you do not care if i recap how the diamondbacks got the rest of their runs uh though i will say they were all charged to alan webster i think that's worth noting uh not a good performance from him Mm -hmm. he goes one and two thirds gives up six hits three earned runs while striking out two and giving up a home run himself. So that was all she wrote for Saturday. Like I said, the Cubs, we are now in the bottom of the eighth with no outs. Uh, Jason Hayward pinch hitting here as he did not get the start on Sunday, just struck out. And, uh, we will keep along with this one. It's, it's one to nothing, folks. The first time we, we were recording and the game was still on, I think it was, uh, that Q game where they were up either two to nothing or three to nothing, Brendan. And so we had a li- yeah, it was at two to yeah, nothing. A little more margin, but one to nothing. Uh, I- I'm just saying we may need the uh, expletive button, or you may get a loud celebration at some point, just because this is this <laughs> is tight and it's the rubber match. So, but Brendan, there's there's your recap. They split the first two games. Hopefully, they can uh, lock up the series win as we are recording this. And I think from these first two games, though. The, the the thing that immediately jumps out and I I do want to talk about you know Lester and Moro because those are big deals and and we're not we're not glossing over them but as for the team that is playing every day seeing Kyle Hendricks pitch like that we we've talked in the last couple episodes about how good Jose Quintana and Cole Hamels have been in back-to-back starts here this this was exactly what you want to see from Kyle Hendricks I I use the word vintage just because it is exactly that start that takes you back to 2016 when he was competing for the Cy Young, finishing third in the voting. Like, this was the type of stuff, the type of movement, the sequencing, where when people ask, how does a guy like Hendricks, you know, who sits in the upper 80s and and throws, you know, and has the stuff that he does, how does he get such good results? You would point them to a start like Friday and say, this is how, because his two-seamer, there was a couple gifts on Twitter, like I was saying, that are so nasty. Honestly, remind you a bit of like Kluber in, in you know, when he's on with the Indians, just the way that he's able to use that two-seam fastball. Just nasty stuff from Hendricks. 11 strikeouts. Tell me you weren't watching that game on Friday, getting all sorts of pumped up.
0: Yeah, and he threw 30 change-ups in 100 pitches, 10 of those changeups were swung at and missed. Doesn't even include, you know, the looking strikes that he generated with those pitches. That's vintage Hendricks. I mean, you described it right there, but there's no other way to describe what he did. And there are some pitchers who you just have to end up trusting, right? And Mm -hmm. I think with Q over the last year and a half, he's had his inconsistencies. But unlike Hendricks, Q really never had – Elongated stretches of success. He was pretty, you know, average or so. So it's not as if he was bad. But for Hendrix, even though he goes through some lulls at times, he, he snaps right back and he does so right. for months on end. And so I was never necessarily concerned about Hendrix, even though he was getting shelled the first three starts. This is what you wanted to see. And like you said, with those, with those gifts that the pitching ninja put out, that changeup, Corey, is so disgusting. It is such a beautiful thing to watch, and he was on, and that's what you want to see. You want to see those double-digit strikeouts, those double-digit whiff counts for his changeup, and going forward, just imagine Corey. Imagine getting Hendricks, Q, Hamels, a healthy Lester back, and then of course uh, Darvish, who you know maybe took a step back in that last start, but getting ultimately everyone synced together at one point. Is going to pay dividends and I think it will happen eventually. Yeah and I think just
3: such a clearly different start for Hendricks today I think in those early going you know you were seeing him leave a lot of pitches over the middle and just not having it with his command missing his spots and this game on Friday was just a, a totally different version of him and the one that we are more accustomed to seeing so between what we have seen with Quintana and But what we were seeing from Lester before, obviously, he goes down with the injury, what we're seeing from Hamels, like this rotation really rounding into shape and and delivering some really, really good performances. And I, like I said, I I really don't know what more you could have wanted to see from Hendricks to get that confidence in in him specifically and, and really kind of lift up your expectations For this rotation. And I've mentioned him a lot lately, but I'm going back to Christopher Komka for another uh, statistic. In the last nine games, and this includes Tyler Chatwood on Sunday. Like I said, he was really good. He gets a quality start in this game. We'll talk more once that game is officially over. Uh, But in their last nine games, a 1.25 ERA in 57.2 innings pitched. I don't want to pile on him, Brendan. But if you took Darvish out of that, uh, it's like no runs. So, uh, you know, Hendricks didn't give up any runs. Chatwood didn't give up any runs on Sunday. Neither did Q and Hamels in their last uh, two starts. So this rotation has been doing exactly what you want them to do and more. Not only are they giving the team a chance to win, keeping them in the game, but they are going out there and giving six, seven innings of no runs. Yeah, And I, I you know, it's tough. I think I was a, a bigger proponent than most of this rotation for the offseason and coming into the season, just thinking that their floor would be pretty high. Like these guys are are gamers, you know, to go all like coach speak, right? Like they're they're going to grind and, and keep them in the game. But they have been doing much more than that lately. And I think it's uh, a rather exciting trend for this team. But but let's talk about, before we get into the Brandon Morrow situation, let's talk about you, Darvitz. Let's just, let's just, yeah, sure. you know, let's let's get our feelings out, Brendan. Like, let's just say what we're thinking. That's a dangerous
0: thing to say, Corey. Let's get our feelings about
3: you, Darvish. (laughs) Right. Uh, But again, he goes five innings, three runs, three walks. Uh, You know, I think that the three walks and the two home runs in the first inning are, you know, kind of where your attention is going to go. He only throws 88 pitches. Joe made the decision to... Take him out, pinch hit for him in the bottom of the fifth. Joe saying after the game basically that you know the the wind had been doing crazy stuff all weekend. I believe it was only three to nothing when Darvish leaves the game, yeah. and even though there were two outs and nobody on, he was thinking you know we we've even in just in this last week we've seen this Cubs team put together some really good two out rallies and get things cooking, especially with Descalso, as we've mentioned with two outs. So I didn't hate that decision. But when you look at Darvish, what are your what are your thoughts
0: here? Uh, I mean, he settled down after those back to back homers, but this, the command was not there again. And Madden was encouraged by Darvish's ability to bounce back, and I can get behind that thought. Mm-hmm. But it was a rough it was a rough five innings, I thought. And again, yeah. I know he bounced back, but for Darvish. You 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 just need to see more, man. It, sure. it comes there comes a point where this division's tough, and we're entering May, and he's changing things consistently. And this is not to put it all in Darvish necessarily, but the mechanical changes already within the first you know six weeks, dating back to spring training, is a little weird to me. So he goes into spring training and he changes his like kind of hesitation, you know, very deliberate uh delivery to home plate and he speeds it up and that was that was to get Darvish, you know, a little bit more consistent pace. So he did that and then, you know, after the first two starts, he tweets saying he found another thing in his bullpen that believes that he believes will give him better command. So he made that change in his uh two starts before this last one. And then, once again, he makes another change just before this start, and J.D. and Len were talking about it, and now he's back to a little bit more of a deliberate, slower delivery to home plate, almost like a second twist. He's only had 13 starts for the Cubs in his entire career, getting back to last year. In those 13 starts, he's shown four to five different iterations of a delivery. At some point, you know, Darvish and the coaching staff, they have to run with something. It's so mm-hmm. difficult to consistently implement changes. And for Darvish's track history of success, and really, as Theo described, him being one of the most dominant premier strikeout pitchers in the game, I don't like them tinkering with Darvish so much, especially with even a recent history of injuries. I'm not a pinchy coach. I have no idea if this is even the right way to go about this, but. At the very least, what that signals to me is not being comfortable for him searching for something. And whether it's mental, where he has a mental block and he can't just command, kind of like what happened to Chatwood, or maybe, like Chatwood too, it is indeed mechanical. You just don't necessarily know. But again, going back to those changes, that suggests he's not comfortable. So if he's not comfortable, how can I be comfortable, right, Corey? So that that's where I am with Darvish. It was, I think, a step back, and not just because of the results, but because once again, He's trying new things out, and that's very unsettling to me. Sure. So I'm gonna offer thoughts on Jarvis I do want to let everyone know
3: there is one out with Strope on the mound. No. Uh, so I, I am like no. half listening to Brendan and half watching this game Gerard on my Dyson. phone. Uh, you know, Are just you so you know, if there's some random like noises or anything going on. And <sighs> the game is tied. That is not what I was hoping to happen Gerard on this broadcast. Dyson. Gerard Dyson with a solo home run and we are tied. Oh, Darn. Man, he served her right there, man. Man. Uh, that is not so fun. Anyway, hopefully we get to call a walk-off home run then. Uh, oh, no. but back to Darvish. I think that we, I, I, I read a tweet. Uh, at least, or I think it may have been a headline from an article that Tony Andraki had written for NBC Chicago. And it, he basically said that we need to... Moral victories are not really enough anymore for Darvish, you know? And I, I think that that kind of stood out to me as being like, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. Like, we've talked... A lot on this podcast and I think have been rather fair about it like last year he was hurt if you want to get on him for his performance or you know not being able to stay through the season etc you shouldn't he was injured like that happens plenty of guys are injured John Lester is injured right now Brandon Morrow's dealing with injury like guys get hurt as you know you shouldn't be Deriding Darvish as a person or anything like that because he was hurt. But, you know, now he's out there, he's been healthy, and you want to give him room to get back up to, you know, full strength and, and, you know, really everything clicking for him. But at a certain point, like you said, Brendan, this division is tough. This team is trying to compete for a division, trying to compete for a a pennant. We can't just be looking at moral victories all the time. It's 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 right. really just that simple. And after every start going, well it was a step in the right direction. It was a step in the right direction, baby steps. Again, I feel like you and I, Brendan, have been pretty fair on that in giving that leash for that for Darvish. But again, eventually it gets to a point where it's like, we can't really just be looking for that. We need you to go out there and deliver good starts, man. And this wasn't the worst start, but, you know, he does put the team in a hole right away uh, against a good pitcher in Zach Greinke, who every now and again, you know, you know, he's liable to go out there and deal. And you get down there, two nothing in the first inning, three nothing by you know the end of the top of the second. It's not the best situation to be putting the offense in. Right. So, uh, I, you know, I'm with you. I thought it, you know, it was a fine start on Saturday. He settled down, but again, uh, eventually, we're we can't just be looking for the silver lining in every start, especially when you look at. How good this the rest of this rotation has been, you know. We need him to step up and and join the rest of the group. And I, I think it's it's something that we're afforded the ability to look at the silver linings because of how good the rest of this rotation has been. If the rest of the rotation, you know, you had other guys struggling or, or fighting stuff as well, you know, I you you'd, you'd have to put more scrutiny into these starts because again, you just can't be looking for silver linings I hate to keep using that phrase but eventually we need more than that so I'm not you know like gonna get all over him or I'm not calling for him to be out of the rotation or anything crazy like that but it's you know again we're we're close to May here so it's it's time where it's like we're done looking for what was good and what was bad and you know picking and choosing kind of need you to get going here you know so that's that's kind of where I am uh again though like you know he only threw 88 pitches he probably could have gone six and given you six innings um and you know that that overall six innings three runs if he you know racked up another k or two he was up uh seven eight k's like that would have been overall a pretty good start so again I I think it was fine but we need more I I think that's I you know I think that's fair I think that's a fair thing to to put on him um but I do want to now move to the injury news. I suppose we should go to Brandon Morrow as Pedro Strope just blew this save today. though uh, <laughs> so, as you know with this podcast, Pedro Strope has been one of the most consistent and reliable relievers literally in Cubs history. So when he blows a save like today, it is shocking. trying not to overreact to you know your 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 thoughts on Strope, He's extremely good. So uh, any, any discussion to the contrary is not tolerated on the Cubs-related podcast. But Brandon Morrow shut down, and we don't really have a definitive timeline or anything on this. The information is basically that he went through... He was gearing up to do live pitching and eventually get to that rehab start, uh, and he reported some pain and, and discomfort in, you know, after one of these sessions, and Joe Madden quoted as saying, the bounce back after the last time out wasn't as good, so we got to back off him once again and just slow things down. It's just where he's at. It's not unlike what had been going on earlier. It was all trending very well, and this last time, just not as good, so we have to pay attention to what he is saying. This NBC article from the aforementioned Tony Andraki goes on to say that Morrow will not pick up a baseball for a little while, though the Cubs didn't specify exactly how long that would be. Morrow, who has not pitched since July of last year, he had surgery in November. And that's just where we are, Brendan. So I I will get your thoughts in a second here. Pretty much my feeling on this is I think going through this offseason and into this season... I was pretty um, open, and you know, maybe not pessimistic with my expectations for him. But I think I've always been on the the the, the side of saying that even when he comes back, you're you don't know what you're going to be able to rely on. You're probably not going to be able to use him on back to back days. Yeah. You're probably not going to be able to use him three or four days, things like that. So I had pretty low, uh, or realistic, pragmatic, whatever you want to call it, expectations for him anyway. Pretty much where I am now. I am going to assume he does not contribute to this team. Uh, they, they have not said this, right? So they oh. have not said that he's done for the year, <laughs> or that they're not going to try to ramp him back up or anything like that. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying in terms of my expectations, I think you have to approach the rest of this season as though he's just not going to come back. That's, that's just how I see it. And I think the most pragmatic way to do it. Javi Baez just line one down like the line. screaming. Fair. Misplayed in right field. Javi going to Derby Elmago. Safe. Every... Javi Elmagoing all over the place. That's got to be the a winning thing, man. run is on third base with no outs. Unreal. Brendan. I'm going to, I'm going to make a promise here. If this run doesn't score, you're going to have to leap out an expletive. Okay. That is a promise to you and all of our listeners. If so this we have, runner from we have third does enough. not get in, there is going to be 100%. an F bomb on this podcast. If you don't edit it out, oh, that's
0: on you. You got beaned in the, uh, in the elbow here. Oh my God. Um, all right. So I'm going to try to stay, stay focused here. Uh, with, with Mauro, we, we had low expectations. Bet
1: Saratoga from anywhere this summer with NYRA Betts, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. NYRA Betts players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today
0: and enjoy. I think you and I in particular may be lower than most, just because recognizing that injury history, he's never had a season more than 60 innings. And I will say, though, once the bullpen started to, you know, fault in early on, There was in the back of my mind where I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Maybe what if Morrow does come back and give you the type of production that Theo, you know, signed him for? And that thought did cross my mind more so in desperation, just because the bullpen was looking so bad early on. Right. But snap back to reality. This is not that surprising. the The surgery for Morrow was later on than Darvish's uh, surgery. So for Morrow. I think he had it in November, so ultimately they they waited for it for for reasons unknown to us. So it's not the same timeline as as Darvish's recovery per se. But yeah, that's that's where I am. I'm still not expecting much from Mario. I don't think there's reason to expect much. He yeah, his his recovery is is going to be unknown in terms of when he can begin to even throw a baseball again and then you have to you know realize once he does come back going back to back days is probably not a realistic option right so um that's that's where i am with with Darv- or with well and uh, tomorrow. you know
3: if you you know now you you have shut him down effectively so e- even if this is why i say i'm just not counting on this they they can restart his rehab and 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 see if they can can get him going again but you know you're not necessarily starting at zero But you've got to work through this whole process again. You know, you have to go through the throwing the bullpens, throwing the side sessions, throwing to live hitters, doing the rehab start. So he was gearing up to do the last portions of this rehab, and now you kind of have to take it back to... The beginning, basically, right. and, that's so, last, you know, and that's what happened last.
0: And that's what happened last year exactly too. It's exactly
3: what happened, unfortunately. Right,
0: and it not yeah. not only did it happen tomorrow, but it was the same thing with Darvish. And of course, they right. had essentially start, the start,
3: stop, start, stop.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's the same type of injury, and those are those are difficult things. And it's it's again, it's hard to expect anything from from tomorrow. the The encouraging part, in addition to the tomorrow news, is there's still reinforcements on the way. So you have. Tony Barnett will be beginning his rehab start for for Iowa on Monday. And then you have Xavier Cedeno with uh, with the Tennessee Smokies going through his rehab start. So there's no... Get through. Cubs win. Yep. David Bodie again.
3: David Bodie yeah. coming through in the clutch and the Cubs win here <laughs> on the Cubs-related podcast. If if they, if Whew, they that, I'm... Um, yeah.
0: Unbelievable.
3: I had to... Uh, Keep some stuff in when Stroke <laughs> gave up that home run, but fun to call a walk-off. David Bodie <laughs> goes oppo for a single to drive in Javi Baez, who, yep. as we mentioned, gets on third base, God, I love David Bode. doing his Elmago thing, a misplay in right field, and you know that Javi is not stopping at second base. You give him that inch, he is going to take it, and David Bodie oh, comes man, through. Cubs balance. win. Good Cubs or... win the series. They take two of three from the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we, uh, you know, are recording this podcast back to five hundred, <laughs> and they got back there on on Friday, but then wow. went back down hundred and ten on,
0: miles per hour off the bat there by Bodie. God, he, he just ripped blisters that. these balls, man! Unbelievable.
3: He's a, he's got, he's got a, he's got some clutch. yeah what is. He's got it is the ice in the Every
0: veins. single time. Good Lord. So good.
3: Uh, let's, let's finish. We'll, we'll, we'll go through, uh, you know, we'll finish on, on Morrow in the bullpen. Then we'll talk about Lester and then we'll run through this last game before we preview the upcoming series here. But... Yeah, I I think, you know, with Barnett and Cedeno, in the middle of the Cubs literally getting a walk-off hit, I've kind of lost exactly where we are in this conversation. But I I do just (laughs) want to wrap up, like, I wasn't particularly devastated or anything uh, by this news from Moro, because at this point, I just wasn't expecting much. I was hoping for him to come back, and this is a blow to a degree in that you're not going to get him back and, and have him available you know, for an indefinite amount of time, we'll see, you know, when he even tries to, you know, kind of restart this rehab. But I've kind of been not really expecting that much. And really, to me, what this does, and, you know, of course, this is an unfortunate day to be having this conversation. But to me, it says, you know, when we entered this season, I think the thinking was the closer job will be stroke and then, you know, maybe C-Sheck sometimes if stroke needs a breather or whatever. And then, you know, hopefully when Moro comes back, you can mix him in and, you know, the the two of them, him and Strope, or the three of them can kind of handle it for as much as Moro is able to do, right? And to me, this Moro news basically is just like you should operate as though Pedro Strope is your closer and Steve Ciszek is next in line or, you know, however yep. you want to use those two, right? Yep. To me, it just sort of changes that from, well, let's get through April maybe and then we'll see what Moro's is able to do. To basically just thinking like, this is your back end of the bullpen. That that's it. I I again I'm no there is no information or anything to suggest that Moro is done for the season. But again, when you consider this is an indefinite shutdown, then you have to restart that whole process, which is at least, you know weeks, a I few mean, weeks to several knows, weeks, right? right? Depending on what it is. Right. Like I I'm not counting on it. I if he comes back, that would be great. If you can get him for a few high leverage innings later in the season, a week, whatever it is, right, that, that sounds great. But for
0: now, I, I think we just have to operate as though we just can't count on this. Yep. I I mean I'm I'm with you. And before David Bodie kind of distracted us, I was saying how the Cubs do have reinforce, reinforcements coming soon, to some to some degree. So Tony Barnett, of course, starting his uh, rehab start on Monday in Iowa. Like I said, then you have Xavier Cedeno in Double doing his rehab start. Already appeared once, did walk two guys in a third of an inning, but you know he's pitching, which is good. Um, and with Mike Montgomery, he'll beginning he's beginning his his process back and is on his rehab. Uh, stints uh, coming up soon as well so you have three guys who are going to be back within a week or two weeks depending on how long they want to keep them during their rehab process which means the cubs will have decisions to make like do they just dfa alan webster who has not been good and that's kind of an encouraging thing because at, le- at least for me i may have had inflated expectations for Tony Barnett and Xavier Cedeno. I thought those two signings in particular were interesting because the Cubs opted for those two guys over a little bit more of a stable, reliable guy, someone like Tony, uh Tony Sip, for example. So, I'm, I'm interested to see where those guys will slot in when they do come back with the Cubs. Um, and I think that's, there, there's still reasons to be positive about getting more supplements to this bullpen in addition to Morrow is what I'm saying. But for the rest yeah. of the year, even when Morrow does come back, you know, this is going to be in the back of your head. Can this guy not only stay healthy for the regular season, But can you slot him in as someone to rely on once October comes around? Because you know what? The injury may pop up again. You just can't operate with any type of expectancy for for Morrow to play, which is unfortunate at this point.
3: Yeah. And, you know, we have seen the bullpen, a lot of these guys doing better, you know, carving out some roles for themselves. Brock has been disappointing to start the year, but I I do expect him to be better He's he's got a, a pretty good track record that i i expect be yeah but it's that it's that, it's that walk rate though it
0: still yeah, scares me no I mean, doubt. he's still around four even in his career it's like i don't know yeah i don't know we'll but
3: see. tim collins has has been getting in there sure. and looking good yeah. kyle ryan has looked pretty good brandon yeah. kinsler continues to look good he was throwing some really nasty yeah, pitches and he's uh, uh his in command game. has
0: been incredible i think he's only walked what what one batter the entire year or so um, yeah so good to see maybe two batters but you know what i mean Yeah. So, you know,
3: I think the like the outright panic with the bullpen has certainly died down from where we are earlier in the season. I think if you had had given us this Moro news after like that Atlanta series, the reaction (laughs) would have been like, oh, man, like, you know, could anything else go wrong with this? But these guys have settled down a bit. And and like I said, this is an unfortunate day for this because, of course, it's the day Strope gives up a, a game tying home run. But again, Strope is very, very good, and any you know conversation to the contrary will not be tolerated here. So him and C. Shek are going to lock down that back end. Brandon Kinsler has worked himself into you know being trusted in in those spots, and I think he's deserved it so far. So you do have these guys kind of finding these roles. Hopefully, you know if you're able to get Barnett and Cedeno up here you know, they've had good experience at the major league level. And you can, again, like we've talked about, kind of round this thing together. And you may have to play musical chairs at times with some of these guys. But I think on the whole, it's starting to look better. Before Sunday's game, Randy Rosario sent down, Alec Mills brought up, I think that in part, uh, with Chatwood pitching on Sunday, you wanted you know someone that maybe could give you more length if you needed it on Sunday. They did not because Tyler Chatwood was really, really yeah. good. Let me reiterate yeah. that. Uh, but Rosario not with the team as of the current moment. So you know we'll we'll probably see more of stuff like that going on. But yeah, it's an unfortunate thing with Morrow. That that's kind of to to bring that to a close. It's you know unfortunately not looking like a good signing, and it's one of those things where. This was kind of the fear all along there there's no denying the stuff that Morrow has when he was pitching for the Cubs he was nasty. He has just an incredible stuff an incredible fastball but this was always the risk. the Dodgers and Dave Roberts ran him into the ground and you know we saw even in the early portion of 2017 after Chapman, had been run into the ground similarly by Joe Maddon in the 2016 playoffs, which, Brendan, reminds me that the year the Cubs won the World Series. They Seas, won the World Series, uh, that year, correct, yep. Was that same season. Same Funny season, how that. we end up yeah. talking about that. Weird. But you know, we saw him struggle with the Yankees at the beginning of that season, and and I think you know, with someone like Morrow, that was always the concern, and that was always kind of that, that red flag in that offseason was – Brandon Morrow looks really good when he's on, but he just threw an awful lot of innings in these playoffs, a lot of back-to-back days, out of multi-inning outings and stuff like that, and... This is unfortunately uh, the worry for someone who, you know, was had dealt with his fair share of injuries prior to that. So it's unfortunate, but like I said, I, I think you just have to proceed as though if he gets back with this team at any point, it's a bonus and we can proceed from there. But you kind of have to look at the bullpen as is uh, and treat it like that's not going to happen or at least not anytime soon. Right. So there's that. It's It's not great, but that's what it is. What is great, Brendan... Uh, is that John Lester is coming back. Uh, We don't have an exact day for that, but they are looking at this week, this upcoming week, uh, to bring John Lester back. He tossed 45 pitches in a sim game on Saturday. And Joe Madden saying the sim game went really well. I thought he looked very good, pretty amazing where he's at already, did not hold back at all, so it's very encouraging. Uh, Again, we don't have a specific timetable, but Madden did not rule out that he might get in there this week. Uh, We've seen stuff from the the beat writers that he's, you know, running, doing box jumps, you know, uh, he did the sim game on Saturday, so John is looking like he's about ready to go. And this sounds like a, you know, quite the juxtaposition to the Moro situation. This sounds like, you know, an injury situation that went as well as it could. They, they, they shut him down. They got him out yeah. of that game, you know, before the injury was super serious, as we discussed, even though John probably wanted to keep pitching in that game. Uh, they were conservative with how they were going to proceed with it. And it's all gone very well. And, you know, the, the rotation, like we've talked about a lot, has stepped up in his absence. Q, Hamels, Hendricks in particular, and Chatwood on Sunday, giving the Cubs really good starts, not giving up runs, not walking people, racking up 7, 8, in Hendricks's case, 11 Ks in some of these games. So this has been a, a good situation for this. The Cubs weathered the storm with Lester out, like I mentioned, winning the game against the D-backs today. They are back at 500. And you know you you get Lester back in here, and I feel like we can you know continue on what we've been talking about. Just like the you know the train is on the tracks in the right direction, and now we can you know go full steam ahead. That that really feels like uh, where we're at with this. So I you know I don't I don't know if you have any further thoughts on Lester, but it will obviously be very good. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, just my opinion, but it would be very good to get John Lester back uh, in that Cubs
0: rotation. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Once Lester does come back, and it sounds as if with, with what Joe is saying, it's pretty imminent. And I think the good thing about all of this is not only will Lester get back, but he'll be back at full steam just because he could go out there in that sim game and just let it go and let it rip without any type of you know injury or discomfort whatsoever. So the good thing is once Lester does come back, he's going to be 100% his, his normal self, which will be fun to watch. And I got to say, though, just looking at today's game, what Chatwood did was exceptional. Yeah. That was his best performance as a Cub, no doubt. And, you know, settling in after that first at-bat, his first pitch of the game was a wild pitch to the backstop that he missed by like, you know, three feet inside. And it follows up with a leadoff walk on four pitches. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, here we go. Alec Mills will be in, uh, in the second inning. It's going to be one of those bullpen days. And to everyone's surprise, I think Chatwood settled down and he looked really good, Corey. I mean, he was showcasing an impressive splitter with that 95, 96 mile per hour heat showing that cutter. And that's that's an encouraging sign just because, you know, well, first off, I'm not expecting much out of Chatwood to begin with, but you do hope that with this bullpen and, and the depth that it does need... Getting Chatwood back on track and getting him into a swing role does have value. I mean, the Dodgers have been utilizing Ross Stripling and Kenta Maeda for the past two years in that swing rotation bullpen role for three, four innings. That's a valuable asset. And I think Chatwood, if he could carve out that type of role with the Cubs, you're looking at a lot of flexibility for this rotation and for this, for this bullpen. And that, that's a good sign to see Corey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So let me, since we're talking about it, let me just run through the game on Sunday to wrap up this series. The Cubs, as you heard live on this broadcast, uh, winning two to one, I I would have, you know, maybe channeled Pat Hughes a little more and tried to like actually announce the play, but not knowing what's going to happen. I didn't want you guys to listen to me trying to be (laughs) a radio broadcaster for like three innings. So I'm not sure how good that would be. As much as I'd love to do it, but uh, yeah, so anyway. But as you heard on this podcast live, the Cubs winning on a David Bodie walk-off. They finished this series at 10 and 10. Tyler Chatwood going six innings, two hits, no earned runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. And really, Brendan, the the kicker for me in this one, he was on a a limited pitch count. Joe said around 80-ish, just because he's not fully stretched out. He's been in the bullpen uh, this entire season and was doing that for most of spring training as well. So but the 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 kicker for me in what was so good about Chatwood today, only 71 pitches to get through those six innings, which is, you know, obviously, when you think of Chatwood, yeah, when you think of of someone like Chatwood and and running up those walks, you think of a guy who gets to 100 pitches by the fourth or fifth inning, and he was cruising today, if he had been stretched out, and able to go, I mean, you're literally talking about maybe he could have gone seven eight innings in theory a complete game which is crazy i mean i I like you know maybe i'm getting ahead of myself i probably (laughs) am but he (laughs) looked really good today He, he, he you know this was one of those starts where it's like it reminds you of why they got him in the first place he has really good stuff his control has just been all over the place but he's getting those double plays he limited the walks in this one and it, it was interesting for him today because basically the two walks were both on four straight balls so there was two at bats in the game where he just yeah, totally yeah. lost the hitters didn't throw a strike in the at-bat but every other at bat even when he was throwing balls was able to get himself back in the count and get outs and you look at his total for this game 71 pitches 44 strikes, like you said, Brennan, he had some really good pitches, some nasty stuff in this game. He looked really good. And, you know, this is something where it'll be interesting going forward because this is the type of thing you want to build on. Like, this is one of those games where you say, okay, like, we just kind of got what we were hoping for out of Tyler Chatwood. Uh, You know, how do we proceed forward and I you know I I, I don't think he's gonna they're not going to do a six-man rotation or anything but at least while you know we, we don't have an exact date for Lester coming back it'll be interesting to see what they do with Chap, because this is a very very good start from him and I and I even if you're you're looking at a bullpen role like you you want to build on this this is a very good outing I have to imagine he's feeling very good and whatever role he's going to be playing for this team going forward this is one of those moments where you say okay let's let's keep doing this and 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 go forward here but continuing with the game on Sunday the Cubs getting their runs in this one Uh, no scoring until the bottom of the sixth Diamondbacks starter Robbie Ray was very good in this game as well but Javi Baez with a triple to center breaking the scoring in this one that made it one to nothing I gotta tell you Brendan watching Anthony Rizzo chug around those bases uh on a triple is I I just love it uh there's just something about Rizzo hustling like that that I, it really makes me smile but <laughs> That made it 1 to nothing, as you heard, uh, like I said, live on this broadcast. Uh, Gerard Dyson tying the game off of Pedro Strope with one out in the top of the ninth. That made it 1 to 1. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Javi Baez doubling. He goes Oppo down the right field line for a double that is misplayed in right field and as you guys all know, that is all it takes for Javi Baez to get that extra base. He gets to third. Wilson Contreras hit uh, on that big elbow pad. Thank goodness he wears that big elbow pad. I know. On a pitch Everyone like that. should wear that elbow pad. Yeah. He gets to first, and David Bodie comes up and puts one through the drawn-in infield to win the game. The Cubs take two of three from the Diamondbacks. Again, they go to 10 and 10, and Brendan... Here's my thing. I said this the other day. It didn't work, but it wasn't on air, so it doesn't count. <laughs> we're back at 500. Let's take a good look. Let's, let's take the sights and the sounds of being 500 because I don't want to see it again. Let's go to yeah, 11 yeah. and 10
0: in the next game, and we're never going to look back. And just enjoy the off day, savor that 500 accomplishment. I mean, even in my mind, when they started the season off 2 and 7, I'm thinking to myself, the worst part about this is getting back to 500 seems weeks away. And so, you know, they got back relatively quickly. So, you know, good for them. So let me preview the upcoming series against the LA Dodgers. So the Cubs do have that off day on Monday. They return to Wrigley Field on Tuesday for a night game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The back-to-back World Series, losing Los Angeles Dodgers. So Kenta Maeda will take the mound for LA. He's having a good start to the year. He's been used exclusively as a starter in the short term. But like I was saying, he swings back and forth from the pen to the rotation. So Maeda right now... 3-1 3-1 with a 3.8 ERA. He'll be facing Jose Quintana, who's 2-1 with a 3.43 ERA. So that will be a nice rubber match to, or a pitching duel to watch. And then on Wednesday, uh, the Dodgers will be throwing out Walker Bueller, who's 2-0 with a 5.4 ERA he will be facing Cole Hamels with a 3-0 record and a 2.77 ERA. That game is another night game. Starts at your typical time of 7.05 p.m. And then on Thursday to finish off the three-game set, the Dodgers will be throwing out Ross Stripling, who is 1-1 with a 3.07 ERA. As it stands right now, the Cubs have not announced a starter, probably waiting to hear back from uh, Lester's, you know, just day-to-day activities after doing that sim start. Maybe he goes then, we just don't know. But that game does start at 1.20 p.m. And then the Cubs will fly off to Arizona that day to face the Diamondbacks again this upcoming weekend. So as it stands right now, The Cubs are 10 and 10. Milwaukee is currently losing to the same Los Angeles Dodgers. If they do lose, they'll be 13 and 10. So even with the Cubs in the lost column, the Cubs, of course, three games back in that win column. The Pirates, they lost today. So they're 12 and seven. The Cubs again, 10 and 10. So a few games back there. And then St. Louis is just one game up of Milwaukee. So it's a tight NL Central as we all expected. But with the Cubs gaining some steam back, getting John Lester back, hopefully this series, you have a competitive series against the Dodgers, always fun to watch just based on that competitiveness. But ultimately, the thing I'm looking forward most is just seeing that bullpen come in, continue to close down games, really. It's been encouraging to watch. I think Kyle Ryan, even though Strope eluded that save, he's getting more chances. Steve Sejic has been nails. And we'll see what happens when uh, Tony Barnett and Xavier Cedeno progress through their rehab but the state of the bullpen could look different even by the end of this week, Corey. So that's what I'm looking for. But it comes down to just continuing that good feel, the offense continuing to get back on track with KB and Rizzo, and that's that's where I'm at.
3: Yeah. So I, I, before I, I get to that, I, I do want to read this tweet that just came through. This is like one of the more amazing things, honestly, that I I can recall seeing. Uh, but so
2: keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah. Streaming Zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required.
3: Bodie hits this walk-off and then is talking yeah. to Kelly Krul in the post-game interview, and he says, We have to make it quick. I've got a flight to catch. They're inducing my wife tonight. So David Bodie okay. hits a walk-off single <laughs> to win the game on Sunday and is now flying home. To have his third child—is that not one of the more amazing things you've ever so heard? So he takes matters into his own. That's hands. incredible! <laughs> what a day for the the Bodie family. That's I mean, like Bodhi's I story is unreal. That's like talk about a like my heart is full kind of story. This is a a feel good Cubs related podcast somehow. That's in a minute. That's just like such an amazing story. Uh, What a turnaround in like 20 minutes. You go from below to save this. Very true. But like, hey, I just hit a walk off. Now I'm gonna go have a child. Like, what a day. Um, or maybe it'll be late night. I, you know, I don't know. But uh, congratulations to. The Bodie family. Hopefully, every yeah. everybody is uh,
0: healthy and everything goes well. And what a day for for the Bodies! Uh, but that's amazing. He'll probably be taking a f- he'll probably be taking a few days off too. I think they've they've done that in the past with their players. So maybe uh, someone from yeah, Iowa and will enjoy be it, up. man.
3: I, that's yeah. that's great news. That's that's a great yeah. situation all around. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, it's it's really just keep things going. We we didn't even really talk that much about the offense in this one. I, I didn't know that there was anything uh, particularly stand out in this series i thought rizzo looked a lot better in this series obviously uh you know with some big hits some extra base hits in this series right i you know i think that's obviously you know we've talked about that and and we'll get to you know more on
0: on bryant and stuff as this but you know bryant looked better that series at times and i think that one what was the second game I believe it was? Yeah, he, had he hit a deep one. fly ball. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a home run went, on a normal day. Yeah. Any other day, it would yeah. have been a homer. I mean, I think staff has them. even verified that. Yeah, yeah. So I, with Tony and, and KB, that that was I think a good series for them. The results for Rizzo were a little bit more apparent, but I think KB, there were at bats where you look at them, you're like, you know what, that's kind of what we expect. So good good signs, I think overall from those two. Yeah. So like I was just saying, you know, we I I don't know
3: that there was anything like you know. uh Noteworthy. Extremely noteworthy that that we haven't, you know, kind of already touched on as far as the offense. But, you know, this team is playing well. They're winning series. They're getting really good pitching uh, for the most part. And I think it's just about continuing that. And it'll be, you know, this is one of those series coming up that's always an interesting one. I mean, the Dodgers are, as much as Brendan and I absolutely detest them uh, and their fan Everything base, they're a good yeah. team. So, you know, these are always those sort of interesting games, and we were talking about that, you know, when the Cubs sweep the Marlins, that, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, ooh, congratulations, you beat the Marlins, and, you know, my response is, well, they play who's on the schedule, well, now a very good team is on the schedule, so, you know, you kind of get to see where you stand a little bit you know the diamondbacks uh have been good and you know they're 11 and 11 now after this series but i i don't think anybody's looking at them as you know a top contender in the national league uh so you know we've had a series with the braves who i think are a very good team in the nl and you know this will be our kind of uh you know and obviously the brewers uh who are the brewers and uh, dude christian Yelich, I, ca- I can't with this man they all he does is hit home I mean, runs what, is, I mean, is, going what, what is going on and all of them at miller park like enough already with this, seriously. Yeah. Anyway, but um, it, it's just always interesting. We got the Dodgers in here. You know, Cody Bellinger is having a just monstrous season so far. Uh, you know, kind of similar to Yellish that it just seems like he's popping a home run every night, and it'll be you know, it's always good to, you know, have these games. I think a lot of times when you get these series, it's fun when the, you know, these games sometimes feel like playoff games and they have that atmosphere where, you know, you're living and dying with every pitch. And, uh, you know, again, we don't know who's going to take that third game for the Cubs. uh, But, you know, Q and Hamels have both been very, very good in their last uh, two starts each. We've talked about that a lot. And you just hope that they can keep it going. But you know we're going to get to see the Cubs. You know, Maeda has been good to start this year. Walker Buehler has not had—I I don't think—the start to the season that uh, many were expecting. But we've seen his stuff, and he can be very, very good. Uh,
0: and I, I mean, I would say he's probably from stuff alone the most impressive guy on that rotation. I mean, he throws yeah. 95, I mean, I mean with if, like if we're talking just pitches.
3: stuff alone, I mean, he's up there in the league in terms of that so no doubt it'll it'll be it's an interesting series just because you know this is you know we talk about litmus tests I, i you know i'm not sure how much stock you want to put into that on you know in late april but it's it's always interesting when you when you get these uh these good teams in here. So, you know, I, I think the the key is just keep things going. And hopefully we get Lester back, we can kind of stabilize that rotation. And, you know, as we talked about, the moral situation is what it is. So I think, you know, once you get Lester back, you kind of proceed forward with, you know, this is our group, we're going to, you know, hopefully get some of those reinforcements in the bullpen to see if we can uh, make that a, a bit stronger. Uh, but other than that, you know, just keep winning, man. Like I said, I, I I say it, you know, somewhat, it's not in jest, but it's, it's, it's sort of, I do mean it about like, I don't want to be 500 anymore. I don't want to go under 500 again. Like, I don't want to look at that anymore. So let's win this game on Tuesday against the Dodgers. You go to 11 and 10 and just keep, Pushing from there, but I I am I, done doing the dip under, get back, dip over, you know that that whole thing. I think uh, th- this this team feels like they're in a very good place right now, and you know it's it's just going forward. I think about rounding out some of those uh, little details you know we're seeing them still kind of play around with the batting order who's playing on which day and you know we're going to have to keep doing that going forward as we as we wait for some of these guys to break out or or really have those performances that that lock down those positions and spots but just keep winning things have been going well great pitching the offense has been good let's just let's keep the good vibes rolling
0: Yeah, that's what it comes down to, I think, is just keep the pitching strong. We see the the trickle down effect from having Hamels and Q and Hendricks go six, seven innings plus the bullpen is well rested. If you're, if you want to face the Dodgers at any time, it's probably now just because your bullpen is in, you know, 100% health, not health, but 100% rested and ready to go against a competitive team. I'm I'm pumped up, Corey. I gotta say, we're at 500. They they got back there faster than I think maybe you and I thought. Maybe you're different than me, but certainly more than or faster than than I thought they would. They they settled down, and I think we're finally past a point early on in the off season where we're we're stressing out just because the rotation is really causing a lot of relief to people who were worrying about them mm-hmm. with with their age and injury histories, and I think. They've come out and they've showed up. Hamels has looked like the guy more or less than what we saw last year. Quintana has looked exceptional. Hendricks is finally looking like his normal self, and Lester, before the the minor injury, looked like the same guy we saw last year. So getting those four guys back is 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 encouraging, and I think again, it's it's going to be one of the better rotations when they are all healthy and you know doing what they've been doing in the in the past few weeks. So. I'm I'm ready, Corey. I'm ready to get back past 500. Uh, Milwaukee has slowed down a little bit. Pittsburgh has played better. The Cardinals have been playing better, so it's going to be fun to watch. But I think this is this is kind of the pace at which you hoped the Cubs would recover from that disastrous first week of of, of baseball, Corey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Feeling good, and uh, you know, there, there's nothing that gets me, you know, ramped up and into that like I'm gonna. Punch a hole in the wall or freak out when they win, quite like playing the LA Dodgers. So this will be kind yeah. of, I think, that first like, okay, it's not, it, it, you know, you kind of have that early season like feeling everything out vibe for for most of what's gone on. I, I can't do that with the Dodgers. I, I'm out for blood with the LA Dodgers. I want to sweep ten <laughs> to nothing every game. Send those clowns back to LA feeling miserable about themselves. So that's my feelings on that, but. I think that's all we have for you today. Quite an eventful podcast for a Sunday. Yeah, uh, the Cubs wow. winning this series with a walk-off uh, from David Bode to, you know, take two of three from the Diamondbacks on Sunday. We get the Moro news. We get Lester news. Barnett and Cedeno working their way back. Just a, a lot of stuff going on. But I, I think on the whole, it's good. And I and I think uh, I feel good about this team and the, the ride going forward here. So enjoy the off day. On Monday, probably as you are listening to this, hopefully you're already having a wonderful day, we will talk to you as always after the series with the Dodgers finishes on Thursday. Hopefully the Cubs can win themselves another series. As always, we thank you guys for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, etc. We post the episodes at Cubsinsider.com. They're posted on the Cubs Insider YouTube channel. And we have heard from some of you guys. Uh, we we have a you know a feed switching thing that, that happens. So we have heard from some of you guys that listen on other podcast apps uh, that the feed was not updating. It's it's because we switched Hosts, uh, so it should be updating. We are looking into all of those and and trying to make sure that that is rectified. If it is not, please just let us know. We we we've gotten some tweets from people, and you know, as soon as we can, we look into it. So uh, if if you are prefer to listen on a certain app and it's not updating or it's not there, just let us know, and and it, we'll we'll do what we can to make that happen. But if you're looking for it, we always post two episodes a week. So if if you're not seeing uh, one after the series or at least a day after the series if you know there's some schedule conflict which is rare uh, but then something is probably wrong with whatever app you're using because we we always post two a week so check those other resources hopefully one of them works for you if, if uh, you know your preferred method does not but again just let us know and we'll do our best uh, again as always we thank you guys for listening and you know whether it's an off day, Brendan, or a beautiful, beautiful Sunday where David Bodie hits a walk-off single, go Cubs.
2: Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required.
1: It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.